21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. Yes, we had a lot of earthquakes from 3 to 6, almost 7. My God. Forget so about you it. go outside and there's a virus trying to kill you. You stay inside, the earthquake's trying to kill you. Can you, Man, can you believe it? <laughs> freaking unbelievable. Where are you at the moment, by the way? I, I'm in Saigon in Vietnam. But originally, Vietnam, are you yeah. from Australia? Or? I'm from Australia, yeah. I was for, for three months, I was in Sydney. Oh, yeah? It was a nice, a, nice experience. It's Back a nice in part 2007 of or something like that. I was thinking uh, I would like to uh, get to know you better and let's mm -hmm. let's focus on, on, on that one and let's let's start with with the flow. So my first question uh, would be who is the better SEO expert? Uh, you or Craig? <laughs> that's, a, that's a fine one. Yeah. I mean, do you, want, do you want me to answer it now? I would say, hands down, Craig, you don't want me SEO on your website. I'd just break it or do something stupid. I know enough to talk the talk and act dangerous, but we have an elite team that actually does the work. Like the, the, the fundamental principles of, of SEO are really simple. Like you, you find, the, find the keywords your potential customers search for, set your title tags, your, your content, you know, so that Google understands that you're the answer to that person's query and then they put them in front of it, then they put your website in front of where that person's looking. Then it's up to you to call them to action to you know, go and buy stuff. That's the fundamentals. That's easy to understand. I can talk about that. Implementing it is a whole different story. <laughs> Okay, and you are doing it by yourself or you have the whole team? I, I do not touch customers' websites. I don't even touch our website. I, uh, I write copy. I talk to customers. I do lead generation. I do sales. Uh, we've got quite a big team of people here in the office. Plus, we have a lot of remote people. Uh, plus, we have a lot of contractors that work with us as well. Uh, yeah, and they're, they're experts in what they do, you know, experts in content development or keyword research or strategy or implementation. Like, you, one person really can't do it all. Like, SEO is so broad because you do need to understand, like, you know, some parts take web design, some parts take programming, some parts take content writing. It's pretty hard to, to know all of that. What's your business model? Are they uh, paid by hour or do you have some full-time job em employees or? Yeah, so our staff uh, work on a different, a, a few varieties. Some work on profit share, some work paid on a day rate, some work on an hourly rate, some work on a uh, per project based. That's kind of where we want to move to more because like if you know like an article takes two hours to write then you have a set price that you pay and you have a set price that you charge the customer that work that works really well you know or it, like we know that we have certain tasks that you do and we set the amount of hours that you can do for each one and if you know that you're charging the customer this much and you're paying you know your staff or contractors or whoever you know x amount then there's plenty of room and it doesn't really matter if they if they take four hours to do it, you're only paying them for two. So if, if you don't have to worry about the inefficiencies. So that's where we want to move towards. But that's for most people. When you've got like people like my assistant who just does loads of stuff, it's really impossible to measure. Like she's really, you know, helping prioritize my time. And like her tasks vary so much that it'd be impossible to ever, ever put her on something like that. But someone that's really writing content or doing the same thing day in, day out, then yeah, you can really make it task-based. Can you share with us some of your KPIs? Do you have some KPIs? Uh, I mean, how do you track efficiency? How, how? Uh, yeah. So that's not something that I deal with. I am really terrible at that sort of stuff. I okay. am reading this beautiful book at the moment called words itself mm -hmm. and it talks about uh all the different types of people and how people are in different areas every day depending on you know if you just had lunch or you didn't or you're tired or not or you just got laid or whatever 
like you might you might be more open to something or more closed more liberal or more conservative more into options or more into procedures like i'm a very option driven person and not procedural uh my previous job before this i worked in software engineering for many years and like that's a, she uses that as the example of that it's very uh option driven because you have to find solutions to all new problems all the time not doing the same thing all the time which is kind of kpi driven and like our team lead who you know he lives on that sort of stuff you know he lives in our project management tool and he's just constantly uh you know checking on our people and trying to help them be more efficient uh he he deals with that thankfully so i do not have to so i mean my own you should set goals and my sister and i do have we we handle our own internal marketing and sales and we have goals for us you know how many people do we speak to how many new customers did we bring on uh you know how, how much revenue did we generate that's our goals i i don't particularly look at the the rest of the company other than how profitable we were is there a difference between options and goals can you help me understand a little bit more about option driven kind of person yeah so so proceed what what she means in this book and it's a really it's a textbook it's so thick uh and it's very difficult to read but it's fabulous she talks about all of the different things like you know optional or procedural and then how you can ask people questions to determine what mode they're currently in and how you can use that for both management recruitment and for sales uh and so options is someone that wants to do different things all the time and it gets easily distracted and wants to have lots of options and change things which you know is stuff that i enjoy i i know that if i'm working on a sales funnel or something i need to get it done fast because i'm going to get bored and want to move on to the next thing you know and so i write it out as quickly as i can get off my assistant and then move on to the next thing and it works great where she is very procedural she loves to write out sops she likes to you know take a sales funnel that I've developed and you know work with our team to get it get it posted and you know write the content get the emails done and all of the following the procedure and even when we follow procedures like that we try and get the most junior person on the team to do it so that the more senior people can do more senior complex tasks and so that's kind of the difference between options and a procedural type person so so you find a, a kind of balance between your two completely different characters and goals and focuses okay yeah i mean that's that's what the whole whole book is about to try and uh, analyze uh, okay. where where you stand and where people stand i mean i'm reading it particularly for a a sales point of view like you know they often say that people are more afraid of losing $100 than they are winning $100 you know like generally if you walked up to someone on the street at street and said hey i'll flip you a coin for 100 bucks they'd say no because they don't want to lose that $100. Like if you if you even move the odds to like, you know, $50 versus $100, they're probably still not going to take it until you know you hit the the right number, like a dollar versus 100 then they show sure why not. Uh so most people are more afraid of of losing than winning. And in a sales context, you need to understand that, right? What's their urge? Because especially in a product like SEO, right, is we we help businesses grow and help people get more money. are they motivated by greed that they want to grow their business or are they motivated by fear that they need customers so that they're not going to go out of business and if you can determine which one that is you can talk more about that and talk more to their needs so it's it's a nice way to understand where someone is i mean the the author of the book she she uses it in the context if you want someone to come with you if you want to be a good leader you need to go to where they are first and then you know like you need to take your bus to their bus stop pick them up and then take them for the ride like they're not where you are so you can't just start speaking like how you are you need to go and pick them up first let's speak more about you are you homesick Uh I am home. I live in Saigon, Vietnam. Uh, ah, okay, good answer. I mean, <laughs> you're 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 there for a long longer period of time or 
yeah, I haven't lived in Australia for I think 15 years now. So it's been a while. Wow. Uh, I lived in, years. lived in, oh. yeah, I lived, lived in Europe for many years, like six years or something until the global financial crisis came about and stole my job. And <laughs> 2008. <laughs> 2008. Uh, beautiful. <laughs> I, I lost my job right at the start of the financial crisis. And I was such a cocky young kid. Like every job I ever had had given me a significant pay rise. And I, I found other jobs that were going to give me the same money. And I was like, get out of here. I want a big pay rise. You know, I always get a pay rise when I get a new job. And little did I know that there was soon to be no jobs to be had. <laughs> And what about the new situation we have globally? What do you think? It's, it's better to be online or offline? What do you think about the whole situation and the impact on online business? Are there more people now trying to go into the online? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, the situation is still not being taken seriously in Western mm -hmm. countries. It's, it's crazy. I was just watching the BBC at lunchtime and you know, they're talking about oh, social distancing and keeping people at home. And then they're showing the, the tube, the, the metro in London, and it's just packed. And you're like, that's insane. Shut the tube down. Like, you need to stop people now. Like, it, it, it's just ridiculous. Like, Vietnam, which was one of the first countries to get this virus, is doing an amazing job. Like, I, th I think they're up to 120 cases, still zero deaths. Like, you know... I think in, in the UK, they had four, 400 deaths yesterday. Like, it's mental. And, and Spain, it's look at Spain, yeah. and not to speak about Italy. Yeah. No, it's, it's just insane. I, did, not... I did not know about Vietnam. Uh, we are uh, reading from Guardian to New York Times, uh, watching uh, all different kinds of uh, channels, but no word about Vietnam. So they did a good job. Well, I think because, uh, well, Vietnam is not as rich as Western countries and their healthcare system I, I, is probably not as robust that they're taking super precautions because if it got out of control, then you know, they wouldn't even be able to keep up as well as Italy. Uh, so like one of my friends who's a yoga teacher, one of her uh, private students had corona and so she got sent into quarantine and she's tested negative but she's still in isolation, locked in a government center, not allowed out of her room for two weeks. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it, it's all paid for by the government. She has free accommodation. But it's working. Food. It's probably working. It's working. It's, it's working, working great. And that's what the West should be doing so that we can all get back to business as quickly as possible. What about online? Um, do you think everything will eventually go online? And for, for sure, like depending yeah. on how long this, this takes to blow over, I mean, hopefully it's weeks rather than months that, you know, some predictions are like it'll take 18 months. And if you've got all of the, you know, the, the high street shopping malls closed for 18 months, they'll all go broke completely. But within months, people will start to, their buying habits will just move online. You know, everyone will get used to having everything delivered. Like that's how you work in Asia anyway. You buy, you get food online, you get everything delivered. There's motos dropping around all, the, all over the place that just dropping off things. You know, Asians just like to sit at home. <laughs> so like, yeah, I mean, this, this can really, it's going to change the world and it could usher in a new golden age for, for online shopping. Uh, may, maybe it's not very ethical, ethical question, but do you expect your business to, to grow in the circumstances or? In, in the short term, like we've, we've already lost a few customers. Oh, uh, really? No matter yeah. you're, you're working. Uh -huh, maybe they are, they are working offline and they are using your, yeah, okay. I understand. Exactly. Like one, one of our customers who does public speaking, every event in the foreseeable future is being oh, yeah. He has no idea when he's going to get paid again. So, like, like our trainings, for example. Yeah. Yeah. So, all of my trainings are and, off the table now. Yeah. And some three recent sales calls that I had that went really well, all of them stand that sounds fabulous. I really want this, but I don't know when business is going to be back to normal. And so, they haven't pulled the trigger yet. Uh, bigger companies that have more budget. I mean, I was just listening to a fabulous video by Mike Dillard this morning and he was comparing it to the Great Depression 
And he's like, a lot of the companies that came to dominate America after the Great Depression were the ones that advertised throughout it. Like, if you can sustain your advertising and build your brand during, like, this is the time to, like, all of the weak companies die. And so if you can have that staying power, like, you know, when, once this rubbish goes away and it will go away, then you'll be left standing as, as the king, you know? people wanting to start working online uh, let's say in SEO uh, from the scratch what do you think what's the learning curve are there any uh, tasks that people can learn in in a matter of months or I mean for sure like you you can I'd focus on doing what you're good at like don't go and take on a technical role if that's not what you enjoy. I mean, I'm, I'm a software engineer, so I am capable of doing web development and stuff like that, but it's not particularly what I enjoy these days. And I find my, my best time is spent on speaking with people, doing podcasts like this or talking to clients, making sales calls. That's what I enjoy doing the most. And it's what brings in the most revenue. And so if that's what you like doing, learn sales, like, there's with SEO, right? Most SEOs are geeks and they don't like talking to people. And so that's why they don't do client SEO. Client, uh, it's so really they need hard to a get. bridge bridge between them and yeah. their expertise and clients. So most SEOs either work for an agency or they do affiliate SEO where they sell other people's things because they can't get customs themselves. So if you are good at communication, man, like selling SEO is like, it's not easy, but you know, like it's, it's a hell of a lot of fun and you, you get to add so much value to business owners. It's fabulous. But you need to probably learn something about SEO before starting selling there. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. hope so, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. But, yeah, but I mean, like you can, with good work ethic, you can learn anything. Like I'm just looking over here at one of our team members who's probably listening to me talk about him. Uh, and, you know, he's been with us a couple months now and knew nothing about SEO when he started, but, you know, he's hardworking and uh, we've got great team leads that can train him and show him how to do stuff. And, you know, he really enjoys his work and is learning loads. So, like, there's always rooms for juniors to learn, like, you know, so find a company that has, you know, really smart people and they'll, they'll take you on. It's really more about your work, work ethic and finding something that's a good fit for your skills and what you enjoy doing. By the way, speaking about ethics, uh, can you explain me, I don't understand the difference between black hat and white hat SEO. What does it <laughs> even mean? Sure. So it's kind of an old, old term that's not so much used anymore. Uh, it's really manipulating Google's algorithm. You know, Google uh -huh. is an algorithm and it looks for signals and the more you manipulate it, the more black hat that is. There's no really, there's no clear line between what's white hat. White hat is like what Google likes and black hat is what Google doesn't like. There's no actual line in the sand that this is one and this is the other. But like, you know, artificially tricking the algorithm is, is what that black hat is, is meant by. And it's not a good idea. Like you can... Google's getting smarter and smarter each and every year. They, they have the best software engineers on the planet that are constantly working on their algorithm. And what they're always looking for is the same thing, the best websites with the best content that can provide the best answers. And if you do that, you'll do okay. Like if you gain the system, eventually you'll get found out and they'll smack you down. And like you should think long-term, like, you're building a business. Sure, it's great to make a million dollars this year, but isn't it great to like build a business that freaking lasts and can support you forever? You know, and that's that's if you think that way about building a website, then uh, it'll yeah, it'll be a much better return in the long run. If you are not capable for content marketing, we can always call you. Yeah. <laughs> Better call Saul. 
<laughs> for sure. And I, I 100% believe in that. Like, there's a fabulous book by the author Mike McAllowitz. He's got two books that really changed my way of thinking about business. The first one called Profit First, which is like, you know, business owners are always getting on, on oh, like, how big is your business? How many, how many staff do you have? Like, that's the important thing. No, it's how profitable are you? Because who gives a crap how many staff you have? The more staff you have, the more headaches you have. Same with revenue. It doesn't matter how much revenue you have. It's how profitable are you? you know? And that's the bit that people don't want to share. And so if you really think about profits first, then it makes for a stable company. But his more recent book, uh, Clockwork, is, a, is about how to run your business like a clockwork that is not... Uh, revolved around you, how to, how to remove yourself from it. And the, one of the big principles on that is that your business and everyone in it should be always sticking to your key role. So like our business is doing SEO. And so we want all of our analysts doing SEO as much as possible. We don't want them chatting on Skype or in meetings or sending emails or any crap that you know, takes them away from that, cleaning their desk, whatever. We want them servicing our customers and being focused on that. And so we do everything we can to not disturb them so that they can, can be doing that. And so if your core of your business is not SEO, then you shouldn't be doing it. You know, we have an accountant to handle our accounts. You know, we have a real estate agent to handle our real estate business. Like, you know, it's like if you were hiring a lawyer, would you like a lawyer that is half good at lawyering and half good at ranking his own website? Or would you rather one that's just really good at lawyering and uses an agency? <laughs> and when you start speaking with people, are there still some of them thinking they can cover everything by, by themselves? Oh, for sure. I mean, there, there, there are plenty of, of people like that and they're not our, our ideal customer and they're better just to be left alone because like, they're confused about business and they're going to be troublesome. There's, a, there's, more, there's more customers out there and we'd rather find them. I'd rather partner with someone. And generally, like that's one thing that we show in when we're in our sales process and we're showing our reports is that we show to customers, we made you more money. Do you care about anything else? And usually they say, no, move on. Like that's the only number that you need to show them. You spent X and you got X times 10. Is it, are you happy? Cool. Like sure, we can show them all the hours and what we did, but generally they don't care. And why yeah, would sure. they? they? They want to be busy running their business. Like business is hard. And the vast majority of businesses go out of business because they can't get enough customers. You know, it's not because they have crappy products or crappy services. It's that they can't get enough customers. And like if, you're, if we're able to give them a constant stream of new customers and predictable revenue and allow them to focus on their business and doing what they love, you know, like that's a dream come true. How long are you in SEO? So after 2008, after the financial crisis, I grabbed my little money sack that I'd been saving up and okay. went traveled the world for a couple of years, Beautiful. trying to work out what I'm going to do with my life because I knew working in finance was soul destroying. Uh, I ended up building an online game out of just a bit of fun because I'm a computer geek. And as the game got done i was like well how the hell do you get people to a website to play it and that's when i started learning about seo i discovered the secret of backlinks i built some backlinks to my website and it ranked like crazy and i was like oh my god i'm sitting on a gold mine here i uh, quickly ditched the game i built a system to organize back backlinks and went looking for customers and you know who needs backlinks more than anyone is seo companies And so they became our customers and, you know, still a, today, a, a lot of our customer base is SEO companies that buy backlinks from us. So uh, more than 10 years now, <clears throat> something yeah, like yeah, that, been, around 10 years. A... <laughs> is it still your passion? I mean, after 10 um, years of SEO and SEO and SEO, okay. Is it the business as usual? Is it your passion? Do you have... Uh, do you have some other things you are doing in your life? SEO has changed dramatically uh -huh. over the time that, that I've been in the field. Like you, it's 
more difficult, more competitive, more valuable each mm-hmm. and every year as more and more people get online. It becomes more valuable and the more valuable something is, the more people work at it. Uh, I'm not particularly passionate about the ins and outs of the technical SEO, which is why I don't do it. I am really passionate about helping business owners understand SEO and that it is the best way to grow their business and educating business owners on that and helping them. You know, uh, some passions of mine are trying to make the world a better place. And I love working with business owners that do that. And, you know, if I'm able to empower them, like, you know, one of, one of uh, the organizations we work with is a plant-based food relief uh, organization that you know feeds starving people and it's like that's a real necessity and you know we're able to help them have better reach and help more people and you know that that's super awesome to be be able to do that so yeah i mean I'm, i'm real passionate about that but really passionate about working with anyone that is passionate about their business because people get into business because they love what they do and that makes the world a better place, you know, as long as they're not, you know, selling some scammy crap just to make money, which most businesses aren't, then, you know, it's fabulous to work with them and, and help them on their way. But can you please define working with them? I mean, as, as a coach, as a mentor, as a consultant, everything. Yeah. So it, it is a little bit of everything. We constantly evaluate their marketing to look at what's the quickest way for us to make them more money and get them more exposure. Like one of our uh, customers that does, uh, they sell fancy dog coats. So like they, they, on their website, they have some dog coats that are like $1,500. I'm like, man, who is spending that much money on a dog? But some people, uh, and I was looking at their website the other day and you know, I noticed that they get, a, they get a lot of their money from their newsletter. Like, cause their newsletter is, past customers and so they're sending them updates and they're buying a lot of stuff and i was like well you don't have a lead magnet to get new subscribers onto your newsletter which would you know really having a nice lead lead magnet of like five five things your dog thinks about when you're when you're away you know just a fun little lead magnet like that it's going to have a way better conversion rate than you know someone coming to your website with cold traffic and buying something and yeah, I mean, I have to educate them on that. You know, what's a lead magnet? Why is that important? You know, how do we know how much uh, revenue they're generating from SEO traffic versus a newsletter? You know, and it, and it is fun educating them and then, well, getting there okay to let us go and implement that. 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. Do you, do you pick up your customers? Do you, do you, is it about energy? Is it, I mean, making more money? Is it just about money or? Well, I mean, not particularly. Like, you know, like even, even that customer, like I'm not that passionate about dog coats. Uh, it doesn't really interest me. Uh, my dog is sitting on the, on the floor just over here, sleeping under a chair. And she's a, my dog she's is beautiful. sleeping down there, yeah, as well. She, she's a beautiful dog, but she doesn't have a coat. I, yeah. I'm, I'm not that into buying her coats, you know. But, the, but those two customers, they love dogs. I mean, they just gibber stuff all the time about it. You can see how passionate they are about it. And that's all of what their customers are. I like, you know, people that sit around at a tea party and talk about dogs for hours. And that makes them happy. It makes their customers happy. And, you know, I'm happy to help them make more people happy. Yeah. So like, I think that's still a good business, even though it's not product that I find valuable. Like their customers certainly do. I can understand that. So what's your daily routine, Chris? My daily routine, I get up around 5.30. I take my dog for a walk along the canal nearby. I listen to something inspiring, usually usually some sales book or marketing book. Uh, if I'm if I'm being very disciplined, I'll meditate before I get into work at six thirty. If if I'm for how being, long? Being lazy, just just like a ten minute medica- meditation, uh, okay. very 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 short. But quite often I have a enough. sales call book. Ten minutes enough, more than enough. Yeah, quite often I'll have a sales call booked at like six thirty, so I get straight in the office and have a call because. We're the opposite time zone of the US. So usually I'm having calls early morning and late at night. Uh, but yeah, then I 
smash into work from 6.30 till about midday and go, go have lunch and I'll, I'll either have midday yoga if I've got an evening sales call or I'll have evening yoga if, if I don't. <laughs> and that's it. That, and that's it. Rinse and repeat. <laughs> okay. And uh, are you a social kind of person? I mean, do, do, do you go out with your friends or do you prefer reading a book? Uh, take some yeah, I mean, I, I used to be really extroverted. Uh, like, especially when I worked in finance, I used to be out like every night of the week. But I think I do, like I'm a really strong yoga practitioner and it's very reflective on the inside. And I think that that does make me much more of an introvert because you're not so reactive to external influences. But also I spend my days on calls like this. And oh, yeah, so sure. by the evening, I'm like, I don't want to talk to anyone. I haven't been out and seen anyone all day, but I don't want to talk to anyone. <laughs> I absolutely, I absolutely understand and, and, and agree. From your perspective, what's healthy way of living your life? A healthy way of living your life. Well, I mean, I, I like to like to of follow the wise specific, words. Specifically, your life. Well, do, like, do you think I like you're to healthy? I'm physically very healthy, uh, <laughs> and I mean, mentally, I, I suppose as well. <laughs> I'm mentally quite strong. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like sure. to think I can. I can take a. Beat. I mean, you look you look great, and you sound great. Thank you, thank you, sir. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I like to follow the Buddha's advice and try and follow the middle way, try and try and not have outside influences affect you too much, uh, a limit desire, you know, uh, I, I, actually one other of my daily habits is every morning before I leave the house is I read The Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday, which is the best book in the world. Every day it has a, a, a bit of stoic wisdom. And today's was about, like, uh, desire really it's like you know if you're if you're if you're seeking riches you know like you're always have that pain of the desire where if you you know desire what you already have then you're already rich you know and it's the elimination of desire and that's the source of all pain and suffering what's your driving force my driving force uh that's that is a tricky question it's certainly not to make money i, I like money. to make tricky questions i mean i i want to to learn more about you you know because sure. you're, you're some kind of role model especially for young people uh, just just starting uh, with their business and looking for a good seo yeah i mean it, it's it's certainly not to make money like you know i i don't want for things i don't wish to buy a ferrari uh, you know, I, I ride a push bike around like I'm a very minimalist kind of person. You know, I really enjoy working with our staff and trying to help them be better people and see them grow. Like I really enjoy that when they blossom, uh, you know, and I help love help helping our customers grow. Like that's, that's the nice thing. And, you know, ha helping everyone have a good life. Like that's what I want to help more of. Like, you know, if I left a legacy on this world, it'd be nice to like teach people to live a better life. Like one of my friends today, I just saw that she's just started yoga and she's like, man, this is life changing. I'm like, been telling you that for years. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if everyone practiced yoga, like then, you know, the world would have a hell of a lot less problems, but you know, like it's hard to educate everyone on that. Okay, Chris, that's, that's about others. What about you? Uh, well, I certainly like to practice a lot too because it reminds me to keep my ego in check, uh, keep me grounded, like, understand that there is, you know, uh, well, like, so like asana practice, which is the physical uh, incarnation of yoga, like it's nice to have a challenging asana practice, one, because it quiets your mind, but two, that it tests, it stresses your body and prepares you for when times are tough. And mm -hmm. like, 
when you when you practice that toughness and that mental toughness every day when you have a big baddie like the coronavirus that comes to you know comes to town yeah you hopefully have the mental faculty to deal with that uh and you know like i lost my nerve a little bit a few days ago i think i was kind of a bit panicking but you know i really think i've reassessed and like I think this can be a really good opportunity for us to even improve our processes. I know it's going to hurt and it's going to be hard and it's going to suck for everyone. And who knows to what degree, but you know, us as a company, I think we'll, we'll get stronger from it. You know, we might lose some people, uh, but the ones that we keep will be the best ones. And so it'll strengthen our culture and our resolve and we'll strengthen as people. And with any luck, it'll, bring the world closer together as well like it it's gonna hurt but hopefully in the end it'll have real positive change are you aware of your ego when it when it jumps out trying to protect you yeah i yeah i mean like see yoga is a really good uh, a good model for life right it teaches you a lot about ego like you know, I'm quite an advanced yogi and when I'm in, you know, a less advanced class, you know, there's often lots of girls at yoga. So if you're a guy listening, then I highly recommend it because they're generally hot chicks too. Beautiful. <laughs> and, and well, one thing when you kind of do some more advanced poses, you can see the girls looking at you or feel the girls looking at you and your ego gets a little bit carried away sometimes. <laughs> And it does make it harder to balance and stuff. So if you're doing mm-hmm. like a handstand or an arm balance or something, it, it comes harder to balance because you need to focus. And that's when you can hurt yourself. And so it's a really good reminder of like, keep your freaking ego in check. Who cares? Let's look and keep your eyes on your mat and focus on what you're doing. You know, and like, that's just a simple example of ego in the rest of the world. It's in real world situations, it can be a lot trickier to catch your ego and, and deal with it. But, Again, that's why Asana practice is good at educating you. So, are, are you are you more in, into awareness because because of that technique? I mean, I'm I'm not familiar with that specific technique, so that's the reason why I'm asking you. Very aware, very aware of your body and and the outside world. I mean, yoga makes you very sensitive. Like it, well, it makes you very sensitive on your skin, on your body, on your mind. Like so that you can see more of of what's happening in the world and feel more of it so yeah it's it's a, it's a fabulous practice is it helping you in your business as well oh 100 percent um you know it's make, made me a much more grounded person being able to deal with more shit that comes my way uh you know and like brush off the things that aren't important you know like even some days when i get really busy you know like some days we work on hard and you're like oh can't be bothered going to yoga today or whatever. I'm like, that's what I live for, dude. That's my favorite damn thing. Get off your ass and go. And like, I'm so glad that I did. You know, it's, it's, but sometimes you need to like, just stop working. There's always more work to do. It yeah. never finishes, you know, and it is my favorite time of the day. So you will feel better. But sometimes I feel guilty too. It's like, you know, if I can see that everyone else is in the office and working really hard and it's like, oh, the boss is sneaking away to go to yoga. It, it can feel guilty, but my work is not paid per hour. Like, uh, you know, if I'm riding my push bike to yoga, that's where I'm f- refreshing my mind. And that's when beautiful ideas come to me. And then I'll come back and like implement them. And, and you know, like that's the thousand dollar an hour kind of work that you need to be doing. Are you afraid sometimes? Oh, for sure. I mean, like th- with this <laughs> global crisis, it, 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 it's the unknown that is what is scary, right? Like economists are predicting this can go on for six months. Some are saying 18 months. Some are saying 30% unemployment. Some are saying 50% unemployment. Like, th- like who? I, I don't know. Will there be a whole new world order? Like that is some <laughs> scary stuff, you know? 
that are like governments can't function with that sort of chaos. There's just no money to feed people. There'll be food wars. Like, you know, like, but it, being mindful, and that's another thing yoga and meditation, Buddhism push is like, think about today, think about right now, think about this minute. I'm okay this minute. And that, that, that's all that really matters is the right now, right? all of that basically your mindset mm -hmm. does it influence the way you are approaching and dealing with your clients do you grow your relationship with them i mean what what's your approach yeah i mean sometimes like it, it's certainly i mean a good example of keeping your ego in check is when you're educating customers and they don't understand it and they bite you back and they say something silly it's easy to react and like call them you know like yeah but like check your ego and remember that you're there to serve them and you know you need to resell them every time and so you agree with them and go yeah yeah i understand that and then move them back to towards where you need to take them. so you are in in acceptance all the time <laughs> not it's, only awareness but okay now i you, acceptance and well, if you argue with them and tell them that they're not right, that's just going to you know, inflame them and start an argument. So if you accept what they say and then move, move past it is usually a better model and that sometimes makes sucking it up. Uh, and yeah, and it's, it's not easy, but it's like, you know, a, a good saying is you've got to give customers what they need, not what they want. You know, and they often don't understand what they need. And it's your job as the expert to educate them and give it to them because you know we want we want long-term customers and we get that by making sure they get results and that's by letting us be the experts. How do you and from where do you generate your energy? All 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 that positive energy I can feel during our 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 conversation. <laughs> Well, thank you, sir. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a really big fan of Grant Cardone, who is a fabulous sales coach. I listen to his books quite regularly. I started, started the year off with his uh, 10X book, which is great. Uh, you know, it's the second time I've read that, and it's really empowering. And one thing he talks about is like energy. It's like it's limitless, right? And I, you know, when I feel tired, I remember I got unlimited energy. Get off your ass and just get at it. You know, I listen to things to inspire me and keep me motivated. Uh, you know, some, some people get down sometimes. I try not to. I try and deal with whatever's getting me down and, you know, get some exercise and move forward. And, like, especially because I work in sales and I do marketing and it comes out in your copy when you're writing. You need to be happy. You need to be positive. You need to be believing in what you say. Otherwise, it's just not going to work. And so you want to be the most positive guy in the room, you know, like, and that's always my goal to be happy and joyful and positive. Are you feeling alone in, 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 in this big world? Quite, quite sadly, it's quite a mo monumental birthday of mine coming up in two weeks. And oh. I was planning to have a really big party in Bali in Indonesia. Oh. And oh. my lots of good friends were flying from all across the world. Congrats, congrats. It was going to be a hell of a party. Yeah, but that, no party. Yeah, of course, because of the, of the coronavirus. It's all cancelled. So oh, that, yeah. It's pretty heartbreaking. Uh, I mean, I have some really great friends. I don't get to see them all, all that often. You know, I've lived in 10 countries now. And yeah. so I have friends scattered all over the world. Yeah. You know, I, I'm picking up some in, in Vietnam, but it, it does take time. I haven't been here that long. So, yeah, I mean, I... I cherish the friendships I have and you know I'd, I'd go anywhere to to see them you know, I was in a, a wedding in Finland a wedding in Spain and went wedding in the US just last year and Beautiful. yeah I got a, got a few more booked like that this year <laughs> Beautiful. but we will see what will happen yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Regarding Vietnam, is it a different culture? I mean, of course it is, 
how different it is from from let's say Australian one or or uh, Europe one can you connect with people do they have different mindset way of communication communicating each other yeah so Vietnamese uh, certainly far different uh, than Europeans or Australians they're much more like uh, Chinese um, you know Vietnam was part of China for a, a gazillion years so um, they have a lot of that influence. They're a lot more conservative than Western countries. So they have that. Uh, they also, in- English here is not good. Is uh-huh. like almost every white person here teaches English. And I'm like, who are you teaching English to? Because no one speaks <laughs> it. Like you're doing a terrible job. Uh, yeah, like even in Cambodia, which is just next door and a much poorer country, like the English level is way better. Like you go to a cafe there and everyone speaks a little bit, you know, where in Vietnam, eh, eh. like, yeah. So I don't speak Vietnamese. So it's, it's not that easy to, to communicate with the locals. Regarding remote jobs, what is it? Can, can you define it? Let's not go from the scratch because most of listeners are already entrepreneurs. Most of them have their own VAs, etc. So maybe upgrade a little bit. Yeah, sure. So yeah, like, I mean, a remote job is really anything that you don't have to go to an office to. I mean, our, our HR, she was scared crapless of the of the coronavirus and just asked me yesterday if she can work from home. And I'm like, sure. I mean, I can't say no to that. Uh, you know, I said to everyone today, like, if you, if you want to work from home, work from home. Like the, the office is clean and sterile, but you know, I'm not going to force you to be here. Uh, the one thing that I would say to, to any job seekers is learn how to sell yourself. Like, you know, when I worked as a software engineer, I, you know, I worked for 10 years and I was a damn good software engineer. I don't know if I was the best in the world, but I was certainly very good, but I was one of the best paid. And that's because I knew how to communicate, knew how to sell myself. Uh, you know, thankfully my first job at a university was I worked for the largest consultancy in the Southern hemisphere. And they used to drill us. Like, you know, I was in my early twenties and you'd sit at a big desk with three senior engineers and they'd just ask you questions. And like, it was really intimidating sitting in front of three grownups, you know, when you're like basically a kid and they're just grilling you, but you get really good at interviewing, you know? And when I moved to London, like, I was like, holy crap, this is so easy. Like I, I just jumped from one job to the next, getting pay rise after pay rise because I could just, I knew how to answer questions and do interviews and sell myself, you know? I was like, this game is so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the soft skills versus hard skills ratio from your point of view? Yeah. I mean, it, dep- it depends of, of, the, of the job, of course, you are doing, but in, in your case... I mean, sure, even as a software engineer, you need to know how to communicate. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the ones that do are the ones that make all the money. You know, the ones that don't are the geeks that sit at the back and don't make any. You know, it's like if you want to be successful, you need to, you know, there's a big, there's a saying, your, your, your net worth is equal to your network. And there's some truth in that, you know, like. What does it mean? To, like your net worth, how much you are worth is okay. equal to your network as in who you know. Like and your networking, your network. Yeah, so oh, okay, your, your network is in your, mm-hmm. your people. So you need to like get out and, and speak to me. There's a fabulous book I'm reading at the moment called Never Eat Alone. And I mean, it's very long and it goes into loads of detail and it's a, it's a bit boring, but it's really good constant reminder of like talk to people. And, you know, sometimes I forget that because I, I get lazy, you know, like being on podcasts like this is really valuable for me. It gives really good exposure. You know, <laughs> you know I, recently we've had a few, a few podcasts that I've been on. The podcaster has become a customer. You know, it's fantastic. One, of, one, of that I, one podcast that I was on recently, which was a very small podcast, I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, why not? I mean, I'm vegan and she's a vegan podcast. So I was like, yeah, whatever, I'll help a vegan mob. She introduced me to a, a New York Times best-selling author that is now a customer. Beautiful. It's like, yeah, that that was certainly worth an hour of my time. Like, <laughs> so like chatting to people and helping them, and you know, don't really you don't go in it trying to get something from them. Go in there, help people, and you know, good stuff happens. 
even just helping people, you know, it, it makes you happy and it makes the world a better place. It's like, if that's the only thing you get out of it, then, well, happy days. Can you tell me, Chris, more about the sales process? Yeah, so just, just like how you were saying before, like helping people, right? So the best way that you can, well, show people you can help them is by helping people. And so generally what we do is educate people on SEO, right? Because I firmly believe that SEO is the best way to grow any business. And any business owner that's, that understands that is already doing it. You know, because where does anyone go to find products or services these days? You don't go to YouTube, you don't go to Facebook, you don't go to Yellow Pages or whatever. You go to Google and type it in. And right now, they're either finding you or they're finding your competition. And if you understand that, like, you do it. Like, everyone knows that they need to have a website. They're not really that sure of what, why they need a website. You know, it's not there to look pretty because pretty websites don't sell things. Words sell things. You need to tell your customers exactly what you do and then invoke, you know, show them that you're an expert in your niche and uh, invoke them to take action. And so as a little uh, thank you for having me on your podcast, I'm going to offer all of your customers a $7 video review of their website. It's seven wow. bucks, seven bucks so that it kicks away any tire kickers that are going to waste my time and not really appreciate it. And everyone can afford seven bucks even in this terrible crisis. So all you need to do is go to ardorseo.com slash Martin, put in your details there. <clears throat> I'll personally go to your website, uh, look at your market, see what your potential customers are searching for, in what volume, show you some simple things that you can do yourself to fix your website. You know, set your title tags, your descriptions, your content, whatever it is to show you how to get your message in front of the actual people that are actively looking for your products and services and show you how you can get them to take action. So for the price of a fancy latte, you know, I'll show you exactly how you can grow your business. So pretty awesome deal, right? Isn't that great lead magnet? Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, seven, $7 kicks away anyone that's going to waste time. Anyone that you know is serious about growing their business can invest seven dollars, and then straight away they see the power of how SEO can grow their business. And I mean, if you want to implement all those changes yourself, you feel free. But, you know, if you'd like an expert team to help you with that, well, we got you back. Chris, thank you so much for being a guest of 21st Century Entrepreneurship and share so much about you, your way of thinking and living. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, you know, if anyone wants to reach out, they can just Google the coolest guy in SEO. They'll see my pretty picture. Just take a click and send me a message. 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik.